the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. It's time for another episode of The Boys of Tech. Welcome to the show. This is episode 276 for Monday the 12th of May 2014. My name is Edwin Herman. I am joined by my co-host Ben Sonko. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Ed. Hey, look, it's good to have you on again. You're, you're certainly uh, being a bit of a regular now. It's good. How exciting. <laughs> I enjoy having you on the show, so it's a good thing. So, look, Ben, just only a few stories this week. It's been relatively quiet. I've got a couple of international stories. Kicking off, I don't know if you spot, if anyone spotted this story in the, in the week just gone, but the government, an arm of the US government has sent out a drone. I'm not sure who it was intended for, but it was misdelivered by UPS to a US college student. Yeah. <laughs> so they get this government drone turn up. But, uh, I mean, that, that kind of thing happens. You know, people make mistakes. That's cool. But the guy rings up and they're like, no, 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 that's your package. Yeah, he, find, <laughs> well, he finds UPS. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and, and UPS the, are just like, no, we can't do anything. We're not doing anything about it. They, like, they obviously didn't take the tracking number and go, oh, yes, you're right. They just said, oh, no, no, yeah. as you said, Ben, they, they insisted. No, 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 it's for you. Keep it. And you kind of wonder, what are the what are the legal sort of ramifications of that? Like, like if he's tried to return it and they're forcing it on him, you know, what sort of responsibility does he have? It's yeah, kind of it, tough because, I mean, it he is, knows it's not his, but what can he do? It is a very good question. I don't know how the legalities work, but certainly morally you would think that if he's tried UPS and if he's tried, if it's um, clear on, on the package, the government, the, the sender, if you like, you know, where in this case, whichever arm of the US government, if he's tried those two and said, look, there's something here that no think is mine, you'd think that that's... A f- you know, a fair enough effort. Yeah, I mean, how far can you go? Yeah. I think he got through to the actual owners, the, the US National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration. That's the one, yeah. Yep. So, um, that, that, so they're going to arrange to have that, uh, you know. Even, even that fact, it's like, I mean, unless they're taking full responsibility, like, Presumably, like I think they said they sent eight packages and only one of them went wrong. So yeah, yeah. you kind of assume that they probably labelled it right. So UPS has got it wrong. Why are they organising for it? Like, why aren't UPS taking ownership yeah, of it? Yeah, they should have. I mean, I look, we don't really know the details, but it could well be that the uh, the, the government has instructed UPS and said, you know, and said, look, it hasn't arrived or hasn't gone to the right place. You uh, you need to uh, to fix it. Yeah, and and so maybe it is you you know UPS making good, but it obviously took as you said. I mean, it took the you know the the government there to uh, to trigger that because he phoned UPS and he said, "Look, it's not for me. Oh no, 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 it's for you. It's fine. Keep it. It's meant for you." I was like, well, "Where are my other seven boxes then? Because I can't assemble it." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he should have said that actually. Mm. So, 
is was this one box worth three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or this was one eighth of? Yeah, it was worth. Yeah, that's right. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, they they saying it's worth around three hundred fifty thousand US. They kind of said the drone is worth that much. Yeah, so. and this is only parts of a drone. It's not the whole drone. Yeah. You know, the the control unit looks. It looks. He's posted photos on Reddit. And uh, there's a unit there that looks like the control unit or, or some controller of some sort. Looks I wonder very- if he like took a photo of it down his pants or something and he'll send it to them later going, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way of devaluing it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So look, it, what would you do if you got sent a, a government drone? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd try and give it back and certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't do anything with it because you you know you're asking for trouble yeah you are that's the reality but it is you would be tempted though wouldn't you you'd be like would especially if it was a complete set you'd be like oh, I'd oh love it to would fly be quite thing. fun to set it up yeah yeah but as you say the reality would kick in and you'd be like this is really not a good idea don't mess with the government you'd assume someone's baiting you or something i hadn't thought of that but i <laughs> that's the first thing i thought of <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're not paranoid are you <laughs> Uh, is it paranoid if you know people are watching you? <laughs> I like the way you say that. So things do go wrong. Even like government drones can be sent to the wrong address. And it's funny because you'd think that they would be sending something like that by some other method, not UPS or something. I don't think they have any other methods left. I think everything's been outsourced and that's that's how you do it. Well, I suppose it is. Yeah. At first, I did wonder how could a how could a faulty power supply lead to a delivery of a um, of a drone, but then I realised that UPS is actually a pretty massive company oh. in the states. <laughs> I see you saying UPS is an uninterruptible yeah. power supply. Well, last week I was replacing batteries and and redoing UPS stuff. Oh, so. you're working on the UPS, were you? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> sort of, it's quite in my head. Well, anyway, there you go. I would have loved to receive something like that. Uh, just I mean, you know, even, look, as you said, Ben, I'm kind of like you, Ben, in the sense that I wouldn't actually assemble that thing, even though I, I toy with the idea in my head about doing it. But just, you know, receiving something like that, take, I'd take some photos like this guy did. There's no, I don't think there's any harm in doing that. And, uh, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to to receive something like that. And you would be tempted just to keep one, but just to you know, see if they notice. <laughs> that would be tempting, yeah. That would be really tempting. <laughs> one connector. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or rewire a connection. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You could have a little bit of fun. But even that's, uh, yeah, getting a little dodgy. Okay. Uh, what else? We've got Oh, a uh, interesting poll here. The uh, I think it's the 15th, is it? Uh, annual Harris Poll which is a poll on the reputations of various companies. And uh, just look at it. Now, this is all companies, all US companies, but we're going to look at just the tech, focus on the tech ones. Who do you think has the best reputation in tech? It's not Apple, it's not Microsoft, and it's not Google, and it's not Samsung. Ubuntu. Well, yeah, it could have been, but it's not. It's Amazon. Amazon Amazon.com apparently came out number one. In fact, that's not just number one tech. That's actually, they are number one. It happens to be a tech company. Uh, like, for example, in second place, it's the Coca-Cola company. Second tech company is Apple in third place and Samsung in seventh place, followed by, and I'm surprised, Microsoft in ninth place. 
Yeah, I'm a bit surprised as well. Mm. Ahead of Sony in 10th. Having said that, and I've been banging on this about this for a while, that you know Microsoft is not the 1980s or 1990s or even the 2000s Microsoft. It's the new Microsoft. And they are, I, I genuinely believe they're a very, very different company now. In what way? Well, they're, uh, they behave in a much more... Uh, I think a broader their, their vision, if you like, it's a lot broader. They uh, they seem to understand that people don't live in a Microsoft bubble. That people do use iPads, people do use Linux, and they're releasing. I think I gave this example on this podcast a, a few episodes ago. How take for example their their uh, their webmail product for for Exchange. You know, back in the old days, if you were on anything but Internet Explorer, you wouldn't get the full the, the full ex, uh, experience. Now they're making sure it works on not only Macs and Linux clients, but also on iPads and iPhones. And, and you get the I full mean, set. I mean, that's that is good. That is great. But I mean, how the, do you allow recent- it to get to that point in the first place? Really, like the the amount that they would hamstrung things just to deliberately force you to do stuff was was ridiculous. So, yeah, it is great yeah, that they're the doing day, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, it's kind of like getting them to – it's almost getting them to a zero as opposed to, you know, being a positive. Sure, yeah, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right. They just come up from the negatives, I suppose, as you Because, I mean, they're still, they're still doing antitrust – you know, they lost yeah, an but, yeah, but so, yeah, I know, but so so has some of the other the, the bigger companies as well, hasn't? Uh, I mean, Apple, I think was was in for something similar a while back. Uh, I mean, you've got all the the infighting the, that goes on between Apple and other. Oh, you know, and that, that as well. The, the but I mean, that one was was bad because it's it's not really it's just it's affecting the end users, people that don't have a clue. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the, the battles between Apple and Samsung, it's like, wow, one massive company is arguing with another massive company and nothing is going to change regardless <laughs> yeah, well, of what right. happens. Whereas in this other case, it's sort of, it's marginalizing the use of, um, diverse use of browsers in a particular operating system. And it's sort of, it's not really mm. very fair, mm. especially when they've been caught out before and they've already agreed to, to not do this and they just keep, keep doing it and just not care. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, in many respects, I think the new Microsoft is a very, very different beast. And I think they they don't ex- – I, I, I think they would like you to live in a Microsoft bubble, but everything the company does these days suggests they understand and accept that people don't. And then that's, I, I guess, what I mean. They're a lot more agnostic, a lot more broader, you know, a broader uh, viewpoint on things. I guess that's good. Yeah. Well, I think that's more like they're they're the uh, server two thousand and twelve uh, Microsoft. Like it's just a little bit harder to find everything, but the rubbish is still there once you could find. <laughs> I just swept it into this corner and that corner. Yeah, right? it's just it takes you a few more clicks to get to it, but it's still <laughs> that same old Microsoft rubbish. Yeah, well, from the technical side, yes, I can understand that. Ben, let's have a look at some of the uh, six key areas in this poll as well, because that was kind of interesting as well. Number one is, uh, well, you know, the first one, if you like, this is not a rank. The first one is social responsibility. There was only one tech company that made it into the top five, and that was Microsoft. But the big one to me that stands out is how does the Coca-Cola company have social responsibility? Where they're probably they the, three, yeah. the largest contributors to you know like diabetes and and all those sort of like the amount of sugary things that they force yeah, on people. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I just find I, I, that very strange. I, I can only guess that there are a lot of other things that offset that. I, don't ask me what they are, but I mean, yeah. Look, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, they came in at number three. Emotional appeal. Amazon topped that list at number one. 
And I think that was the only tech company there, wasn't it? That's weird. What I mean, with Amazon, I find it really weird because, um, like, no one's ever been to an Amazon store, have they? Like, you can't actually, you can't actually go somewhere and experience something. And no, I yeah, I know what you're saying. Emotion, it's kind of like there's no, no tangible yeah thing there. Like to go, oh yeah, remember I was at Amazon the other day and I saw such and such. It's just. But I guess the flip side of that is you can always be there, but it's kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked it either, but there you go. Products and services, Amazon number one. Uh, there were some other tech uh, tech companies in the, in the top five. Apple number two, Samsung number three. So that's funny because, like, I mean, Amazon obviously offer a huge diverse range of products and services, but what are Apple really? Like, how diverse are they? They offer you a computer or a little device, and that's kind of a, you know, well, Apple TV. they've got a few gadgets. Yeah, they've got the Apple TV. They've got, what else have they got? They've got the iPod still exist to people? Yeah, the iPod, yeah. Yeah, the iPod's still big, actually. Um, they got a few, but it's not like, they don't really have, I mean, Samsung make everything. Absolutely, absolutely everything. A lot of people won't realize it, but they do. I mean, they make controllers for hard drives, and they make they just make yeah, such yeah, a yeah, but you see, yeah, yeah, but see, people don't see that part. Of no, it. So, but a so lot of people one, wouldn't have a clue. They're like, no, oh, they right. make TVs and they make um, toasters or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vision and leadership. Two tech companies made the top five: Amazon at number two and Apple at number three. Mm. Mm. And uh, what else is there? There's financial performance. Three tech companies made the top five. Apple at number two, Amazon number three, and Microsoft at number five. And, you know, I can understand Apple. Apple's doing very, very well financially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so is Amazon. Amazon is. Microsoft, I guess. Heads. I guess Microsoft always. Why are Microsoft in there? Well, they, but they've always is done that. Is got, that an actual real thing or is it the perception? Oh, that's a good question. Like, I don't Because I they've the polled yeah. 18,000 Americans. So they probably go, yeah, no, I think Microsoft does really well. Whereas, you know, as we know, they, I don't think they do that particularly well. Yeah, you're right. It's it's a poll of people. It's not a analysis of companies. That's right. Yeah. Workplace environment is the last category there. Workplace environment. There are three tech companies in the top five. Amazon comes in at number one. Apple at number three, Microsoft at number four. Now, Ben, you know the surprising thing? Google did not feature in any of yeah. these six categories. I that would is... have thought that at least they would have featured in workplace environment, the one we just talked about. But again, it's back to polling a bunch of Americans, isn't it? Like just the general public. So, But I, has... have, I still would have thought that people would have thought that Google's a great place to work. Is but has that... there been some negative press for Google recently? I mean, I guess well, there's the maybe... censorship issues and and the spying and how, you know, all the NSA stuff, like Google's getting tarred with that brush, however complacent they are or not, they're sort of... But would that come you know, in a workplace still... environment or would that be more like something, a category like social responsibility? Well, I'm just thinking uh, if you tar them, if you tar the name enough, then it's going oh, to fall anything, out of yeah. people's heads when they're talking about things. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they sort of, they'll have that in the back of their head, like, oh, yeah, Google's had that other thing, but you know, I don't. I mean, when, as soon as you start polling people, it's sort of, it's, yeah, it, it, it doesn't become the reality. It becomes a perception of reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, which true. I guess you, know, you could, yeah, could, so we could, could have a whole different conversation about that. but <laughs> That's a whole other story. Um, yeah. By the way, on the uh, global list, I think we read it out at the beginning, Amazon came in at number one, Apple at number three, 
Samsung number seven, Microsoft number nine. If we go a few more places, you will get to Google. Uh, Sony's at number 10 and then Google at 14. So that's where they sit on the whole. So I guess, I mean, they're up, they're in the top 20. In fact, those are all the uh, tech companies in the in the top 20, unless you include General Electric, but well, I don't know if you really call them are, tech. I mean, if you're going to call Samsung, you'd probably have to call General Well, okay, we'll, we'll add them in there. There you go. They come in at number 18. So, yeah. Southwest anyway, Airlines, I'm surprised to see in there. Well, you know what? Southwest Airlines, they're in number 23, by the way. Uh, they had that, did you see, you know, this is probably a little old now, but do you remember, was it about a year ago, they had that, uh, the wrapping uh, air, um, what do you call it? Air, ho- air host, air, was it air, ho- air, air host? What do you, you call those male air hostesses? Oh, Stuart. Yeah, they're called Stuart? Yeah, Stuart. I think so. Those fl- flight attendants, I think they call them these days. That's what they call. Them. <laughs> they had the the wrapping uh, flight attendant from Southwest Airlines. It, it was abs- and there've been a couple other ones like that. Uh, videos that done the rounds. I don't know if that means anything, but that's what I think of when I see Southwest Airlines. Yeah, I just I hear a lot of negative things about Southwest. Oh, okay. Yeah, just um, just through the American media that I consume. All oh, right. Mm. Well, anyway, yeah, as you as you mentioned, they are. Number 23. Anyway, Ben, that's it for the international stories. When we come back, we've got one New Zealand story from Northland. Don't go away. All right, welcome back. It's been announced that Whangarei, or Wangarei, depending on uh, on your dialect, is New Zealand's first gigacity. Yeah, yeah. It's the first city in New Zealand to complete the fibre rollout in the city centre. Good on them. Yeah, so it's a it's a good thing, and it's good to have a city uh, come across the the finish line first. And uh, Whangarei it is. Yeah, so now you can actually see what a a crown fibre holding company can do when it's set up properly and has goals that it's committed to achieving. Yeah, because I mean, I think well, this one here was rolled out uh, by uh, by the electricity lines company North Power. Yeah, so I don't know how much you know about the UFB, but I, I kind of know a little bit. So it's it's effectively a six billion dollar project that has a hunt one point three five billion dollars worth of funding, and as each crown holding company is set up and starts getting customers on board, they start to get some of that money back, which is then fed back into the company to to the um, to the government to then be fed back into the next rollout. So it's sort of it's a oh, rolling scheme. It's a, it's a rolling where they, rollout. Yeah, where you, you have it? to have <laughs> you have to have enough people buying in that you've got the new money coming in, but not too many people buying in because then that would sort of you'd have you wouldn't be able to supply it. Um, oh, and the whole country okay. was divided up into I think it was seventeen or something like that different regions, and seventy percent of those regions were taken by telecom, and the rest of them were taken generally. by by a, a lines company that would then create a new company in conjunction with the with the government to create the the crown fiber holdings for that region. Oh, so um, Telecom owned the monopoly of, of the UFB, and you said about seventy percent of the region. Seventy percent, yeah. So wow. my understanding is that when the when the selection was coming up, the Telecom were using the copper network that they have as leverage, saying if you if you don't let us take over the majority of these regions, we're going to undercut you with the broadband because we own the copper network. So it created this whole, you know, 
cat and mouse game between the government yeah. and telecom about what they would do. And telecom ended up getting sort of 70% of the, of oh, the, okay. the different regions. Yeah. And uh, what you've seen recently in the last year or so is a lot of um, there's a slowdown in the regions that telecom are doing because they don't have the capital to do it and they thought it was going to be less expensive and it's going to be more expensive. So they're constantly complaining about not having the money to roll it out. So, so they got the government into a position where they had to basically give it to them and now that they've got it, they're complaining about they shouldn't have been given it in the first place. And then you get people like North Power who have just done an absolutely fantastic job of rolling out to a to a, probably a, a largely geographically separated area. So they're one of the that's one of the things that are complained about and they've done a fantastic job. And you kind of wonder, you know, this was the opportunity to get a lot of buy-in in the communities to to really own and to really take a lot of a lot of pride in, in a new product. And we just haven't seen that. You see it in a few smaller communities like the far north, but the rest of the country is just going to get the same old thing. And it, it's a real pity. Mm, it sounds like a, um, a missed opportunity in, in many instances. Yeah, yeah, because then, I mean, Telecom was still, or Chorus was still trying to use the, like, saying that the, the changes to, the, like, they wanted to price fibre and copper at the same rate, so that if, if you're in an area that didn't get the fibre, you would say, you would pay exactly the same price as someone who was down the road and did get the fibre, and that's what's been in the, like, I don't know if you follow. There was a Commerce Commission report saying they should lower the price of um, of copper broadband ADSL, and then Telecom was fighting that, saying no, the company would go bankrupt if they did that. And then there's been all these reviews. I don't know how well you follow it. Um, Not too but closely. It, it's basically come out that now they can, they will have to pay. They will have to charge, like Chorus will have to charge less to each ADSL provider, the the base cost, so that they can then charge less to the end user, so that somebody that can't get fiber is not paying the same price for a you know a, a much slower service than someone that that can get it just because oh, okay. that company has rolled it out quicker than they than the other company so uh, do you think uh you know in this case we've seen that north power has rolled this out very successfully by the looks i mean okay Fongaray isn't a big city but there's many cities of a similar size and they haven't been you know they haven't completed yet Fongaray is you know first to reach the the finish line do you think in the regions where it's not telecom or uh that, that uh that they they're also doing better my understanding is they are because um they just you know, they haven't spread themselves so thin, but I, I don't really know. I also believe that Fongare was always going to be the first community. Like it was always targeted as the first one. It got the most funding and like it was sort of, it was to get the, the ball rolling. It was, you know, it was always going to start there. So it was expected that they would finish first, but it's the fact that they're, they're ahead of schedule. And Yeah, you well, know, see, this was the other thing I didn't mention that. You're absolutely right, Ben. That's something like five, is it four, five, two, uh, mu- two, two months? Two sorry, months, two months ahead of schedule. Of schedule yeah. Which is actually brilliant because usually... Project infrastructure projects and IT projects, and this is one that's both fits into both categories, tend to run late. That, that, Always that, over budget and never on time. Exactly, and this one, as we just said, is two months ahead of schedule. That's an amazing feat. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, good on them. It's just, it's, it's really positive to see, and yeah, just a real missed opportunity. Now, nationally, though. I've been reading, I haven't read a lot of detail in, into the UFB, but I have read that the uptake is very low. The percentages, even of where it's currently available, the percentages of people purchasing this product 
is very low. The uptake's so why I don't know why the rate's so low. Is it price too high? I don't know. Um, I, people don't understand what they'll get with it. Like they don't fully understand. Like they probably don't necessarily have a problem with what they're getting through ADSL because they don't really understand. And also the packages that are being offered are not that great. Like when you look at when you look at it, like we were offered one at work at my work, and I think it was a it was a ninety five meg connection, ninety five down, maybe two up. And you look at it and you go, for the money, it was sort of like, okay, that's not too bad. But when you started asking them about contention ratios and connections and what it came down to was like a, a 12 to 1 contention or something. So the, the guaranteed rate was getting down to about 4 megabits. Oh, okay. Um, and it's like when you start looking at it like that, it's like, well… Yeah, that's getting close to eighty cell two or uh, cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. Like the people that are the people that aren't buying it aren't looking into that detail, but the people that know, you, know, you sort of look at it and you go, "Wow, it's not really that great." And you know, we ended up going with a CityLink connection. We were guaranteed fifty megabits, and it's you know, you just don't have that problem. And like for homes, I mean, people that are on cable in Wellington, it's pretty hard to compete with cable. The you know, I, I haven't seen a hundred and thirty megabit connection on the fiber. Um, on the UFB, that would be terminating my house. Like, and if it was, I don't think it would be anywhere near the price that I pay right now. Yeah, yeah. I think we're very lucky in Wellington. We've got, I mean, for the CBD, the City Link, as you mentioned, for for residential areas, a lot of places get cable uh, yeah. via Vodafone. I think it is now. Yeah, and it it is a it's a fantastic network. Yeah, you just, yeah it is. I was on just, it. Yeah, I you was don't on- have the outages, you don't have the yeah. congestion, you don't have, you know, six o'clock, you've got a, as fast a connection as you do at, you know, two o'clock in the morning. It's, yeah, that's it's right. just, it yeah. is wonderful. Yeah, I was on there uh, in the last place I was renting. We've purchased a house, and unfortunately, it's in a suburb which is only a few hundred meters away from the end of the line for the cable, so we couldn't get it. But anyway, yeah, that's another I, story. Don't, I don't know how much more they're like. They'll be rolling out. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, they, I'm they not sure how that they. lines in with the UFB. I just, I don't. Yeah, you know, Vodafone's not getting any money for any of this. They're not. They've never been rewarded for rolling out cable to people. That's kind of a little bit of a pity as well. I mean, yeah. CityLink did it years ago by by creating the network around Wellington, which has has really stimulated Wellington's growth and yeah. has meant yeah. that we're a very well connected central city. CityLink was also the first exchange for Wellington. Oh, so yeah, it's it was where, too, wasn't it? It's where all the, the internet companies would terminate. So that's right. That's where they pay. Mm. And it was an open exchange, so that there was no there was no cost to oh, be. Oh, is that right? Was it an open one? Yeah, there was no cost to transwire well, other than the connection fee that you paid, but you didn't have to pay to you didn't have to pay to connect to somebody else. It was once you were there, you were connected. So you had all these big companies that would be able to transit a lot of data through the center and and connect everyone at a really great rate. And then the big companies sort of decided that that was not a good idea. They were they were losing they they perceived that they were losing money from open connections. So it got all locked down. All of the the smaller providers would still you know exchange there, but the bigger ones were sort of not. I believe we're starting to get a lot more buy-in at that. Like I think the bigger companies are now exchanging there, but maybe not publicly. Announcing it, but I think we're getting we're getting back to that sort of point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see who comes second. Uh, but good on you, Fungaray. Uh, you've done it, and uh, hopefully we'll see the benefits, or at least they will see the benefits of that over the years. 
Yeah, I mean, the the pity we have is that there's not really a lot of content to deliver on it. Um, <laughs> boys of so Tech. We can deliver Boys of Tech over that. <laughs> yeah, because we've still only got, you know, very limited connection out of the country that hasn't really changed. We don't, yeah, I know don't currently saying, yeah. have that second um, the second pipe played. So yeah, that's right, we're going to have yeah. a lot of people connecting at a very high rate but not being able to actually consume a lot of services. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're right. absolutely right. But, you know, in, other, in time, I mean, there's, all, there's always going to be a – weakest link in the chain you know so uh, you know and you could say that our backhaul capacity is or soon will be that weakest link there always has to be a weakest link a a slowest link in this case uh, you know but over time that will change you know there will be a second uh, trans Tasman or trans Pacific cable I'm sure I think it'll be a trans Tasman I just I don't think the um, I think the Pacific idea kind of died with the um, well, it's, it's very expensive Trans-Pacific I mean when They you- were so close And the crazy thing is The companies that weren't investing Are now Investing in their own cable Yeah Well I was just to say We did a story here Where Was it Telecom and Was it Vodafone Or Telstra at the time I forget now uh, We're going to Because they were going to Have a crack at it and, and I think I think, I think this is going ahead, actually, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. So that, I believe that they didn't really provide the funding in the original one because they didn't like the fact that they would be, you know, they would be competing at other people at a level field. So they sort of pulled the funding from that so that then they could build their own one later on and then they get to resell and control everything. Mm. Well, I mean, it is an open market now at the end of the day. I mean, there's nothing stopping anyone, again, trying again. Yeah, I think and- if, if anyone was going to do it, it would have been that. It would have been the Pacific Fiber. They just had such. A, I mean, they were going to connect Pacific Islands that right now connect via radio signals. They were oh, going to yeah, connect right. these yeah. people with ultra fast broadband, which could have made such a difference. And no one's going to do that. No one's going to do that now. Mm, so you. Like, there was a bit more than just the financials involved. They appeared to have bigger goals in mind. Right. Mm. Well, Ben, let's leave it there for episode 276. It's been a great episode. Uh, We've really focused a lot on New Zealand stories this week. I want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Thanks, Ed. You're most welcome. And uh, look, thanks to all our listeners. I hope to catch you next week. Until then, take care. Be safe. See you then. Goodbye. I want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Thanks, Ed. All right, you're most welcome. Thanks, uh, thanks for. I always thanked you. Why am I thanking you again? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Another one for the blueberry. Oil.